Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And we are live, Rangers fans. Thanks so much to everyone for chiming in. I really appreciate it. This is unprecedented, something that we did not intend on doing at all today. Um, I actually reached out to Steven earlier today and said, uh, when are you feeling like you want to record our next episode of Rangers Review? And he said, uh, let's not do anything until the Rangers have a head coaching decision. You know, we're close to it. Lo and behold, it's a Monday. Met, uh, the Rangers normally do decisions on a Monday. And no less, that's what they do here. So thanks so much to my 10 viewers just chiming in. Killjoy, Core, AB, um, MSG is a factory of sadness. Let's effing go. And if you're watching this on replay, which I'm sure many of you are, I appreciate you guys being here too. Richie, what's up? Yeah, a lot of things happen. So let's just jump right into it. The Rangers finally made their hire. They landed Gerard Gerlant, deemed by many as the biggest fish you could get as a head coach currently available in a quote-unquote head coaching uh, free agency. They land him after he's been out of the NHL for over the past year to a four-year deal. I'm not sure if we know the actual um, money that we're working with, but it's a four-year deal. Is there anything that you'd like to expand on just your initial reaction, Stephen? Does this come as a surprise to you on, of course, the anniversary of the Rangers winning it all, all those years ago? Let me hear it. Um, I mean, uh, this is probably the worst kept secret in, in, in hockey that Gallant was going to be the Rangers head coach. This shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Um, first reaction, I'm happy that we have a head coach. I'm happy that we have a head coach with NHL experience. I'm really happy that we have an NHL head coach that has experience coaching young players. Uh, of course, we all know the story in Vegas where he had y- youngsters like William Carlson, Alex Tuck, Shea Theodore. Um, uh, you know, they really blossomed under him in Vegas. Um, but also in Florida, let's not forget, when he started there in 2014, they had just come off a first overall pick where they got Aaron Ekblad, but they had a 19-year-old Barkov, a 21-year-old Huberdo, 21-year-old Trocek. It was a it was a team that also had Yaramir Jager and Roberto Luongo, but they had some really interesting, exciting young, young prospects on the team. And they didn't really really well and um yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited that we have a coach who has been through this before because if you look at those four players right barkov huberdo trocek and ekblad there are some comparisons to be drawn to the current rangers team with lafreniere kako kraftsov and lundquist although he's a little bit older than ekblad was in 2014 a rookie defenseman on the right side um yeah I'm 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 excited that we have a coach that has some experience. Uh, the David Quinn experiment didn't really work, um, but I'll get into uh, the other side of the coin a little bit later. It's not all rainbows and uh, and unicorns. Yeah, yeah, we're we're not going to try to rain on the parade though. We're going to stay with the optimism right now. Then yeah. we'll get a, we'll get a little bit more in a reality towards the end of the stream here. But mm-hmm. before I go any further, I just want to thank everyone again for first chiming in. It means a lot. I see Michael Dave uh, Kaplowitz. If you don't know, Stephen Dave is a great supporter on my Mets channel as well. Huge Rangers fan, and he has a he has a whole Rangers care package coming my way this Wednesday. So I'm excited to check that out and show you. Um, I all see right. a lot of other viewers in here. Thank you so much, guys. I, I think we're all kind of universally in agreement that this is a positive sign for the Rangers versus taking, you know, a lot of different options out there and 
while there was some belief that maybe the Rangers were going to wait things out to see what the possible future of a Rob Brendamore would be, as we said, and I said plenty, it really felt like a pipe dream. And lo and behold, it seemed like that was definitely the case. Uh, same thing with Mike Sullivan. As of right now, there's no inclination that he'll be leaving the Penguins this offseason. So Gerard Gallant, first and foremost, has been the ideal pick. And he's been available for a while now. And you have to wonder what a team like the Seattle Kraken why they weren't able to land him when they had all this prep time, but maybe they do have their eyes uh, set more on a guy like a Rick Tockett, if you will, given his connection with management there. And what Gerard Gallant brings, and I think this is a positive that we should bring up, while also being somewhat of a negative, is the fact that the last two times that he has been fired by teams in the NHL, both the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights, he had winning records with both clubs during that time. It's time when he was with the Florida Panthers. I believe they were 11 and 10 on the season. And he had mm-hmm. multiple wins above 500 with the Vegas Golden Knights up until his departure. So kind of like what we talked about in the last episode, why is Gallant being uh, relinquished of his duties when on paper, at least things have been trending well, even if you got off to a slow start in the season, which I know Vegas did a couple years ago. It's just, it's bizarre. What? Why is this? Why can't Gerard Gallant stay a solid four or five years consistently with a club while he's had success. He's a 2017-2018 season Jack Adams Award winner, which of course goes to the head coach of the year in the NHL. So, Stephen, why don't you expand on that a little bit further here if you can draw maybe any inclinations as to why Gerard Gallant hasn't been as sought after as maybe you would expect during this past year, year and a half that he has been a coaching free agent, and why at all is he being fired when he's still had above 500 records with his previous teams? Yeah, um, I think in in sports in general, um, there are, of course, a few exceptions, but most head coaches don't have a long shelf life. If you look at coaches in the past, you know, on the Rangers, and I've brought this up in one of our previous recordings, since the 1940s, only one head coach has been behind the bench for five full seasons in a row for the Rangers, and that's Alain Vigneault. Every other coach was gone within five seasons. And John Tortorella took us to the second round in 2013, and a week later he was gone. And it's not always about the winning record. Sometimes a coach just loses the room. And if you lose the room, you're gone. It doesn't matter if your record is is 60, 20, and 2. When you lose the room, you're out. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think looking at when uh, why a coach was fired is is the right thing to do. I mean, I do it too. We don't know the actual details behind it, but I'm pretty sure when Chris Drury interviewed Gerard Gallant, it came up. And the fact that Chris Drury was willing to go ahead with signing Gerard Gallant to me means that the issues that were highlighted from Vegas and Florida were not an issue to Chris Drury. That's something they can work around. That's maybe some external factors. You know, it's just we will probably don't know. We probably won't know until Gerard Gallant retires and writes an autobiography. Only then we'll probably find out. But this is what happens with coaches. Look at the NFL. Aside from the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Patriots the last 20 years, you know, is, is are there teams that have a coach be, like, like, like leading their team for like a decade or so? No, I don't think it really happens. Like the Seahawks have Pete Carroll – he won a Super Bowl and took him to a second Super Bowl. I'm a Seahawks fan myself, so I know this. But I think the Steelers are the exception. They've they've gone through what five head coaches in 55 years, 
Yeah, um, I'm a Steelers fan, so I can tell you, Tomlin's been there for a very long time, and um, there are times where I, I'm very in favor for it, and there's a lot of times I'm not so much in favor for it. So it goes in hand with ownership connection, of course, but you know, exactly. doing exactly. the football and, and, connection, and, what's and, important and think, is the consistent winning records. Yeah, and I think as fans, we tend to look at, oh, this coach got fired, but Alain Vigneault got fired in Vancouver, and he took us to the Stanley Cup final in his first year in New York. So um it's uh, mike sullivan was fired as an assistant coach and he won two cups in pittsburgh it's not always a death sentence when when a coach is fired so i'm pretty sure david quinn will get another shot in the nhl for instance um but for now what's important is that the rangers get a coach that can get the most out of this young team and i think the appeal with galant is that in both vegas and florida he worked with young teams and he got a lot out of them. Uh, in in Florida, he took them to the playoffs. He took them to a positive, uh, to a winning record in year one. Took them to the playoffs in year two. So the success was there. And Vegas, we all know the story. Um, so I think I think there are enough positives there to uh, for the Rangers to to move on with this. But uh, to get a little bit into the other side of the coin, I don't want to get too negative here, but. Um, I think the reason we hired Galland is simply because he is the best candidate out there. I'm not saying he's oh, a bad yeah. coach. I don't think you're surprising anyone with, with that remark. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but um, for me, he's sort of the Paul Stastny of coaching hires. Um, and there has nothing, there's nothing against Paul Stastny, but let me explain. A couple of years ago, Paul Stastny was a free agent. And he was like the, the number one free agent that all the teams were interested in. All I, the I teams were going players. Yeah. yeah. Paul Stastny is a, is, a, is a good player, is a decent player. But in free agency years prior to that year and after that year, there were better players available. And I feel that's the same thing with Gerard Gallant, that in previous off-seasons, there have been better coaches available. And in future off-seasons, we might also see better coaches being available. Um, I think it's just unfortunate timing a little bit, but like I said, Galant's not a bad hire. He's the best, the best person on the market for the, for this job. They get someone with experience, um, and my expectations for Galant are simple. You know, uh, my I'm 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 easy to please by the next head coach. I just want this head coach to play fourth line players in a fourth line role. I want him to play our our young kids, our blue chippers like like Kako, Lafreniere, Kraftsov, and I consider Nils Lundqvist a blue chip prospect as well. I want him to play those young kids without without instilling fear in, in into them. You know, the, the last eighteen months we've had cases of players coming out and and explaining that they feel uncomfortable playing under David Quinn. They feel like they. They're afraid to make a play because if it doesn't work, they get benched. That needs to stop. That 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 needs to go out the door with David Quinn. If Garland can can stay away from that type of coaching, I'm a happy I'm a happy man. Okay, so let me unravel a lot of things here. But before I do anything or say anything, I just want to thank everyone for chiming in, guys. If you're watching this live, uh, Richie has a great question. I'm going to get to here in a second, but Dave. Uh, Kapowitz, who I was just talking about, gave us a $5 donation. So thank you, Dave. I really appreciate that, buddy. Guys, get some donation hype in the chat from my good friend Dave. And we got Rob Talks Hockey. Steven, if you don't know, Rob is literally one of the best hockey YouTubers out there. A great friend. 
absolutely great content. He's here. He's probably shocked by this. Yeah, I know. It's a great thing, Rob. I hope you're doing well, though. Long time no see. Um, so to basically unravel everything, starting with Richie's question, he asked, in our opinion, for both of us, I'll share mine, you share yours, what player do you think is going to be impacted the best out of Gerard Gallant's hire? And I think it's it's fairly stereotypical to go with the Alexi Lafreniere's and even to an extent, Capo Caco, just because Capo, you know, he's kind of destined to stay in the top six next season. I think we could agree for the most part. And I think if there's one guy that kind of stands out to me for one reason or another, as much as I love Capo, because you can see the similarities in his game to both Alexander Barkov and same thing to an extent with guys like Huberto. There's a lot of similarities between those two that connect to Capo for a lot of reasons. But one guy that stands out to me a lot is actually Filipino, believe it or not. He's a guy that I think could end up thriving under a system like Gerard Gallant. Should the lines be more balanced and he gets plenty of playing time, whether that's on the second or I would assume as of right now, the third line. So that's kind of my stance on the matter. I think Hedl's game is going to blossom really well under Gallant, and I'm honestly really excited for it, hoping that comes to fruition because Heedle, I'm probably viewing him a little bit higher than you do, but I think there's a lot of potential for him to still to grow. He's only like 22 years of age right now. It's only the beginning for him. And I also want to say what's up, Hot Take Hockey. Again, another great YouTuber here. So, guys, if you haven't subscribed to either Rob or, of course, Hot Take Hockey, John, who's doing great live streams all the time for hockey games, please check it out, guys. They both do fantastic work, respectively. But what player do you think is going to thrive the most in the immediate future with Gerard yeah. Gallant now in the reins as a new head coach? Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, Kako and Lafreniere are the obvious choices here. But I think we already saw Kako and Lafreniere improve because of the talent they have. You know, they were top two picks for a reason. Lafreniere was the consensus number one pick last year for a reason. Um Connor McDavid would be a star under the worst coach in NHL history. Some players just escape that type of coaching and they'll they'll make it work. So I think Lafreniere and Kako next season, they will they will be fine regardless of who's behind the bench. Agreed. Hedo is a good is a good option. Uh I, I, I compare him a little bit to Vinny to um to Trocek, uh who under Galand in 2014 was only 21 years old. Um, and, you know, he's now in Carolina. Uh, he, he really made something out of his career. Um, but for me, the guy is Julian Gauthier. I think Gauthier was never given a fair, a fair shot this past season. Um, yeah, he had some unfortunate moments, but the good still outweighed the bad for me. And the last time he was a healthy scratch, it was undeserved. And he was a healthy scratch for about 15, 15 games in a row. It was absolutely ridiculous. I think for all this talk about David Quinn being a development coach, I never fully agreed with that because he always worked with an all-star team in college. He always had the best recruits for Boston University. He never really he, he never really did what other college coaches do where they get marginal prospects and actually make them better. If you look at the coaches in Providence, in UMass Lowell, UMass, um, uh, Minnesota Duluth, those are coaches who, who really get the most out of sixth-round picks, seventh-round picks, undrafted players. Neil Pionk is a perfect example. But David Quinn at Boston University had Jack Eichel and Clayton Keller and Brady Kachuk and Dante Fabro. There's a lot of first-round picks that he worked with as a college coach. But Gerard Galland, in my opinion, is better with young players. And I feel Julian Gauthier is the guy who's going to benefit from that the most 
even in a fourth line role, you know, the fourth line is no longer what it was 10, 15 years ago. If the Rangers can have a, a dynamic fourth line, then I see a spot for Julian Gauthier on that fourth line. A fourth line with Kevin Rooney, Colin Blackwell, and Julian Gauthier would be great for this team. Um, so I, I, he would be my pick for the player that would uh, improve the most under Galan. That's a that's a really good pick. I'm glad he brought up uh, Gauthier. I feel like he's a guy that really got forgotten about, um, especially towards the end of the season. And I, mm-hmm. as you probably recall, I was a big advocate of his heading into the year. I said, you know, with the expansion drafts coming up, this is the time to give Gauthier at least, you know, top nine minutes that I feel he deserves to really prove his worth. What can we get out of him? It's not like you trade it. It's not like the Rangers trade away, you know, a low level prospect, a low level rookie. Uh, to acquire him. They gave up a really promising young defenseman in Joey Keane, who's done phenomenal in the AHL, has had some stints already in the AHL, but a lot of promise with him. So there was incentive behind that deal to begin with. And David Quinn, in my mind, just didn't give him enough playing time, enough leeway that he deserves as a young guy. And I get it. He was a first-round pick back in 2016 or so. It's been a little bit now. But guys, some guys take longer to develop. And he has the size. I think he has all the bit ability in this guy like Gerard Gallant who can hopefully help bring a winning mentality to this club and just a better locker room culture that can really help a guy like uh, Julian Gauthier as you allude to already and I want to give a shout out again to Joe Wenzel another great subscriber on the channel for the donation thank you so much five dollar donation he asked who do I think will be named captain so I'm going to share mine I'm going to you're going to share yours I in my opinion I think if it's a name that doesn't start with Chris and ends with Kreider then I, I'm feel I'm going to be fairly surprised uh, i know that chris Kreider hasn't necessarily been a star with the rangers every given night but he comes off with a lot of qualities that define what the rangers would be looking for in a captain do things change now that drury is in the realm knowing that he wasn't the factor in that long extension that was jeff gordon signing him to the seven-year deal possibly but I, I think Chris Kreider is the guy to beat for captain right now. Because remember, guys, you don't need to be the best player on your team in order to be captain. And if there's a guy that has more longevity, more playoff experience, um, grit to his game, just overall well uh, playing field, just lacks consistency, unfortunately, that is Chris Kreider. So I think if it's not going to be a guy like Mika's Vanjad, should they not want to commit to him long-term knowing his contract's coming up, Chris Kreider feels very ideal to me. Yeah. Um, look, Chris Drury being the general manager now should make that decision a little easier because if there's one person that knows what it takes to be a good captain, it's Chris Drury. Absolutely. Um, to me, there are three candidates. Um, most obvious for me is Chris Kreider. As you know, I've done some prospect interviews over the last few years. I've spoken to guys like uh, like Matthew Robertson and Zach Jones and Brandon Crawley, you know, some guys who are now in Hartford, some guys who are still away, like Niels Lundqvist. But the one thing that they all said, to, or that most of them said to me, was like the one player they really look up to, that they really admire during prospect camp and training camp, is Chris Kreider. They, he's always go. he's always the first one on the ice. He's always the last one off the ice. Uh, Brandon Crawley uh, called his work ethic Jager esque. Well, that's wow. all you need. And yeah, he might not be the best player, but if your best player should be the captain, then it shouldn't be Zibanejad either, because then it should be Panarin. So yeah. if you want to, if you want to go for the best player, that's fine. Then it should be Panarin, but you should go for the best leader. The LA Kings won a Stanley Cup with Dustin Brown as their captain. Was he their best player? Not by a long shot. They had Jeff Carter, they had Andre Kopitar, they had Drew Doughty, they had some other players that I would pick ahead of him, but Dustin Brown 
led his team to a Stanley Cup in 2012 against the Devils as the captain. Um, I think Chris Kreider is is the number one candidate for me. The number two candidate would be Jacob Truba. If they want to go with a veteran presence on the blue line, he makes the most sense. Um, Truba is actually a lot more ideal than what you think, not just given his progression this year. Might add, Truba had, if you look at the advanced numbers, take a look analytically, Truba was a phenomenal defenseman this year, especially mm -hmm. war-wise. Like, wins above replacement, he was damn good. A lot better yeah. than what I initially expected because uh, you remember me biting your ear off the first 10, 15 games of the season. I want nothing to do with this guy. I just felt like a slippery yeah. slope since the time they uh, signed him. But Truba makes a lot of sense. And you can see that connection now with, to an extent, uh, one way or another, with a guy like Aaron Ekblad, respectively, for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, and if you look at Jacob Truba, I think there would be a lot less criticism if his cap hit was six million instead of eight million. And I'm pretty sure everyone agrees with me on this. But if that's true, then let me ask you this: Is two million of an overpayment that much of an issue when you have 14 million in cap penalties on the books? Um, I don't think Jacob Truba's contract is as bad as people think it is. It's nowhere near as bad as the Mark Stahl contract was at 5.7 million or the Dan Girardi contract in the final few years at 5.5 million. Jacob Truba is a, is a good defenseman who brings an element that not a lot of defensemen on this team bring. He has experience. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from some hitting. Of course, Ryan Lindgren does that. Who uh, I think Ryan Lindgren is a candidate for me to wear a letter in the next two, three years. Um, maybe I not think, a candidate. I think he Maybe. deserves it as soon as possible yeah. at this rate. What what can't this guy do? Yeah, the problem is you have Zibanejad, you have Kreider, you have Truba, you have Panarin. They're all wearing letters. I'm aware. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm already sick and tired of all these letters. This is not Oprah Winfrey. Just go with one captain, two alternates. Let's get a damn captain. I, I want I want to cling on a leader, and I don't know if that's for the sense of hoping that person's going to be dealt in a bigger deal in a couple of years, just like the McDonough's and the Callahan's were, because we know that that's a trend that tends to happen with the Rangers the past decade when they anoint a captain. But I, well, I just I want one. I really do. Okay. So here's here's my uh, here's my my wild pick for the next captain then um now that galan is hired you know we've traded our last two captains to a team in florida maybe our next captain will come out of florida i don't know maybe <laughs> I, maybe, maybe there's a center in florida from finland who would like to play see, for galan again and let me and let me cut you off right there steven because yeah. let, let's take a moment and talk about the potential what is next for the rangers right because you have mm -hmm. to look at one the team that he's going to build under him I'm curious what that's going to be. I don't have the assistance off the top of my head during his time in Vegas and Florida. I'm sorry, guys. We were rushed here, okay? Next episode, I'll be better. But regardless, I'm sure there's guys out there that are already willing that Gerard has already made calls to to bring them in. But his connection with Florida should be somewhat prominent. You know, I, I won't be surprised whatsoever to have Chris Drew, if he, if he has an array, talk about, you know, what was his time in Florida like and what stood out about Barkov to him? Like he very well could have a direct impact on what the Rangers do this offseason, especially yeah. with this being a four-year deal. Like this is the Rangers window to start competing, make playoffs, and then hopefully have deep runs in the next couple of years, if not as soon as next season. So if Sasha Barkov is available, again, it won't be easy because Bill Zito is a really smart GM, first year GM coming from Columbus now with the uh, the Florida Panthers, as we know. But if there is a price for a guy like Barkov, you definitely try to meet that. Um, if not, 
try to pry away their top prospect and Antoine Lindell. I, I wouldn't mind him either. But uh, what's your stance on this? Because I do feel like Gerard Gallant coming in, you know, there's one thing that is going to be beneficial from his side of things. It is the impact that he's had on that kind of player, knowing the familiarity and knowing what he would bring. It doesn't get any better than hearing it from the source himself. Um, yeah, true. Um, look, I think Gallant's going to be involved in some things before the season even starts. You're going to have the expansion draft coming up. Um, let's let's be clear here. It's going to be between uh, Howden and Gautier to see who's going to get protected in that last slot because Blackwell and Rooney are the only forwards right now who meet the criteria for the minimum two forwards. Um, so as much as some Ranger fans want to see it, unless Gautier or Howden signs an extension, Blackwell is not going to get protected because the Rangers don't have that luxury. They don't have a second forward to expose that meets their requirements. Um, so he'll be involved in that. He'll be involved in the entry draft, which will be in July. Uh, and then and then building the team starts. And uh, a lot will depend on, on what Galland wants. A lot will depend on, on how far his reach is, like he said, uh, and which players are available. Um, and... Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know if Barkov is even interested in going to the Rangers. You know, it would be a pipe dream, like he said. But um, Panarin came to New York. Tavares went to Toronto. Um, I think the last couple of years we've seen some really big players, still relatively young, make a free agency move to a different team. So we'll see what happens. But until then, I think this team has what it takes to at least make the playoffs next season. All their young guys are a year older. Uh, Adam Fox is going to be a year older. Capo Caco is starting his third full season or first full season, but third season. 2020 Norris winner, Adam Fox, to you. 2020 Norris winner, Adam Fox. He should be. Uh, He should be the first defenseman to win the Norris without making the playoffs. I don't care that he didn't make the playoffs. It's a regular season award. Um, This team, this young team is getting getting older. They're, They're a year older than they were last year. Panarin is still in his prime. Kreider is still really good. Truba, Zabanajad, those are your that's your that's your leadership group. And then the first full season for Kraftsov, uh, it's going to be exciting. And and look, if we can if we can either let Howden get picked by Seattle or limit Howden's minutes to seven or eight, I think that's already an improvement. Uh, and I've not nothing against Howden, but. Kevin Rooney is a better center than Brett Howden, and we have better wingers than Brett Howden too for our fourth line. So if if Gallant can just make the right personnel choices, that will already make us a better team this upcoming season. Uh, and, and, what, and what happens after that? In 2022, Zibanejad and Barkov will both be free agents. If they cannot get Barkov, I, I probably see them just extending Zibanejad instead. Okay. And, so... What I want to ask you here, and we'll... Zibanejad's we'll only two years younger than Barkov anyway. Yes. And here, I wanted to ask you uh, one question, and then maybe we'll take some questions before we get out of here because we, we basically hit the nail on the head with everything thus far. Again, thank you so much to all our viewers chiming in. It means a lot, guys. Again, the Rangers, if you don't know, ha- have in fact hired Gerard Gallant, former head coach of both the Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights most recently. Um Good track record. We'll see what he can bring to the table over the next four years for the Rangers, assuming he's with them for that time. But my question to you, Stephen, is 
between the whole Jack Eichel thing and the whole idea of still bringing in a top center for the Rangers, whatever is ideal, say they get a Barkov or whatever it's going to be. My question to you is, how does this make sense in line with how well Ryan Strom has been doing? Now, don't get me wrong. I would take Eichel or Barkov over Strom in a heartbeat. No questions asked. But Ryan Strom proved something to me this past season. And that is that he is not a fluke. He came mm. out of his breakout year with 59 points and had himself basically a point per game season. Damn close to this past 56 game year with the Rangers. And it's hard to justify moving him down in the lineup with how much offensive production he's brought to the Rangers. And he wasn't a defensive liability nearly to the extent outside of simply not being big on faceoff. So in a nutshell, what's your stance on the matter with the Rangers and their supposed center search right now? How ideal do you think it is for them to acquire a top center going into next season? And how likely do you think it is with guys like Ryan Strom, who are doing their best part on really good contracts? I know Strom has a year left now heading, but it just – a guy that really went a complete 180 on me, fairly similarly to Jacob Truba with their performance. And I really wanted to see from Strom. This was a make or break year for me for him. And he absolutely made it. And it wasn't a make or break for him regards to contract because he's on the multi-year deal. So what's your stance on all that? I think Strom has gotten a lot of criticism ever since he joined the Rangers. And every year it was something different. You know, his first season, it was his shooting percentage is too high, which is around 20%. I understand. It makes sense. It stood out. But I think he scored 18 goals playing with Jasper Fast and Vlad Namesnikov. That, that's impressive. Then the second year, uh, he put up 50-plus points playing with Panarin, and all we heard was he's just a product of Panarin. And I came back at that by saying Panarin set career records in both points like, – goals and assists and also points playing with Strom. So it doesn't just work one way. Um, Panarin never had a better season than when he played with Ryan Strom. They just work well together. And then this, this past season, it was like, let's see if he can keep it up. Let's see if it's not a fluke. And okay. Panarin goes out for uh, uh, Panarin misses like 12 games and Ryan Strom just keeps producing. He keeps putting up points with his best player, out of the with the, our best player out of the lineup, the player that a lot of fans say is responsible for his production. So I think Ryan Strom has cemented his spot uh, down the middle for the Rangers. But if you can get a better player, then you should go for it. Back in 2016, we didn't have a reason to trade Derek Brassard. There was no reason to trade him away. He was a, he was a great playoff performer. You know, he worked great for this team. He, he had a little bit of a slump in Columbus, but a change of scenery was, was exactly what he needed. Same with, with Ryan Strom. There's a lot of similarities between Ryan Strom and Derek Brassard. But if you can get better, then you do it. If you can, if you can uh, acquire a player like Barkov and you can trade Ryan Strom in a separate deal for a player that makes you better elsewhere in the lineup, I don't see how, how, how you don't do it. If you, if you can trade Ryan Strom, I'm not saying this, this is a possibility, but if we look at a comparable trade, if you trade Ryan Strom to Dallas for Rupe Hintz, for instance, a younger, it's not going to happen, but just for the example, you trade him for a younger center who might not be there yet and who's about to break out, who's getting a big payday and the team might not be able to afford it. That's the type of trade we made with Ottawa in 2016. And a lot of fans were devastated that we got rid of Brassard. But now, five years later, it was the right thing to do. So I'm not saying that 
we should look for a reason to get rid of Ryan Strom. But if you can get better, uh, why have Ryan Strom on the, on the third line? It's That seems a little bit like a waste, yes. Um, but yeah, why not? If you can get a, a top six center and have Ryan Strom on the third line and then find a different position or a different destination for Philip Hedl, do, I mean, do what you want. You know, it's it's always the general manager's job to make the team better. And if you can make it better by signing a better player, then you do it. They signed Panera not because they were unhappy with Chris Kreider, but because he was available. Doesn't mean they want to get rid of Chris Kreider, but Panera was available, so you go for him. Okay, so now let me ask you, or just just basically make a statement here. So. The NHL draft, kind of a big deal, is coming up fairly soon, right? Um, the Rangers yeah. now have their head coach prior to doing their draft selections. It's something that we talked about in our last episode. And you asked me, in particular, the question, I and I quote, uh, you know, sh- is it better, like, should the Rangers uh, sign a head coach, like, beforehand to make sure that he's part of decision makings or not? Like, what's my stance on the matter? And I boldly said that I don't think a head coach should have a main factor because it doesn't seem like whatever head coach the Rangers sign will be here long-term. Uh, as we know, Gallant's on a four-year geo currently, awaiting word on the actual AAV per year for him, or total at least. But um, now looking at Gallant and his ability to impact this club for the possible better going into competition mode next season, do you think, not so much your opinion as to what's right and what's wrong, but do you think Alon is going to have a decent to fair say in the draft for the Rangers, possibly including, I don't know, a first-round trade? The Rangers have a very tradable pick, and there's been many belief in the organization from a lot of different reports I've seen to indicate that the Rangers would be willing to sell off that pick, either to trade down, because that way they're using that pick as part of a bigger trade of, I don't know, maybe a, a top six center or something along those lines. So let me hear your stance on that if you think that becomes more ideal and what impact, if any, Gallant could find himself in. Yeah, look, Gallant was signed for, I think it's four years. I think I saw... Who was it? Was it Elliot Friedman or or anyway, one of the one of the Canadian um, guys on Twitter said it was a four year deal. Um, a head coach is going to be part of the draft. You know, David Quinn was in the room during the draft. He, they are part of the conversation. Uh, I think ultimately it still depends on what the scouts say and what the director of scouting says and the general manager. But the coach should have a say. The coach should have a say, especially when you have a, a high pick, like a first-round pick. That player could be ready as soon as next year. Um, but also, there there could be a possibility of, of you, you know, trading the pick away for a player that helps you now. What if the Rangers go after a guy like Sean Couturier for, uh, at center and, and they give up a first-round pick and a prospect? That That's that's where the, the opinion of the head coach would come into play. You know, is this a player that you that you you would be excited to work with? Is this a player you think can make our team better? Um, and I think head coaches are more than just the guys behind the bench. Um, and that's why I'm happy that we got an experienced head coach. It's a guy who's already been through the he's already been through these steps before with two other teams, so he knows what's expected of him in the last five six yeah five six years. Um, but ultimately, it depends on what the general manager wants. Uh, we'll see what happens at the draft. But I'm happy that we hired one before the draft, uh, just so he's part of you know the future instead of hiring him in August 
and then you're basically missing out on on an off season. I think I think being part of the off season is a big deal for a coach. Yeah, I think so too. And it's it's important to weigh what the next steps are for the Rangers, obviously. And I don't know about you. I'm pretty intrigued uh, the team that's going to be under him. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take for that team to be announced because Gerard had them all lined up considering he's had all this time off and be like, all right, you're my go-to guys as soon as I'm picked up wherever we go. Maybe. I'm not sure. But if there is one thing that's certain, it's that the Rangers find themselves in a really interesting spot now heading into the draft and the expansion draft. And decisions could very well be something that we haven't seen in years. We could see uh, signs of... Glenn Sather-esque in the sense of just being more aggressive, maybe giving up that first round pick, as we mentioned, to really be competing next year, which these are not things that I'm against as long as you're not giving up the farm, because that was our biggest gripe with Sather during his time as a GM, um, trying to really make something out of really just wasn't there when the Rangers were really done with their with their run in the 2010s. It just They just didn't have it, and they were just trying to give up anything and everything every single time and i do think that the rangers are going to be in a good spot for success going forward i'm just naturally i have my concerns where this is chris drury this is his time how different or similar is he going to be to jeff gorn who made a lot of things right for the rangers and how is gerard gallant going to have a saying thing so i'm excited yeah. to see how this plans out i really am but before we so kind you- of wrap up things of um taking some questions are, are there any final remarks you'd like to give steven yeah, um, regarding trading away a first-round pick, you know, we've done it in the past. I'm of the belief that you should only trade away first-round picks if you are already a playoff team. If you are one or two moves away from winning a cup, that's when you make that. That's when you trade those away. When the Rangers, um, when the Rangers made it, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final in 2014. Um, I think the following year. They gave up a first and declared to get Keith Yandel. You know, that's a trade that makes sense. 2012, the year they make the conference final, they lose to the Devils. They go after Rick Nash. That's the type of situation you should be in before you start trading away first-round picks. Do not trade away first-round picks when you're not even a playoff team. So let's make the playoffs first. And then when you're only one or two moves away, then you start giving up draft picks. That that's my opinion. I don't think they should trade away their first round pick this year. Okay. Ooh, interesting. You know, we were talking about it. it's funny how right before uh, last. Oh wait, before I go further, I just want to say thank you so much for the donation. We got an Isles fan in here. Henry says go Isles. Hell no, Henry. But I appreciate mm-hmm. the donation, my man. It means a lot. Don't know hype in the chat for Henry as always. Appreciate everyone just chiming in, guys. It means a lot. Um, so. To basically recap, yes, Gerard Gallant is officially the head coach of the New York Rangers, four-year deal, Wayne AAV terms. But uh, going back to what I was saying, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. You're, you're gonna, you were going to go f- to the questions, but then I talked about not trading the first round pick. Okay, yes. I want to go back to that because we talked about it last episode, and then coincidentally enough, right after you brought that up, how the Rangers may in fact deal it, uh, the next day I'm seeing numerous articles coming out that the Rangers are willing to deal mm-hmm their first round pick like that. That's noted. I'm like, okay, perfect timing. So I think if there's any draft year to do it, I'm not against this year, not just because of the whole pandemic impacting player performances, but also just knowing that the current state that the Rangers are currently in, you know, they might want to kind of make a statement to an extent on, 
you know, what can you expect from this club going forward? We're officially in their eyes, at least out of the rebuild. I don't know exactly how truthful that is. I think this is a team still developing. I'm not sold on them being like, all right, we're cup contenders right in the year, uh, right next season. I don't think that's true at all. I think that they are very much playoff contenders, but I, they need to stay the course. And that's what's most important to me. And I think you can agree with that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. But, you know, on the other hand, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, in 1992, the Rangers made the playoffs. In 93, they missed it. And then in 94, they won it all. So in 2020, they made the playoffs. In 2021, they missed it. Maybe 2022 will win it all. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll be also, surprised like we were today with this hire. Also, that was uh, one year after they hired a new head coach, Mike Keenan. Everything happens for a reason, Stephen. Who knows? Um, all, which would also mean that in two that that next year we're going to have another lockout. But let's not go there. Okay, so I, I actually I have some interesting. Con- multiple people have said this, so I by no means do I stand by it. I just want to know your quick stance from comments I'm seeing. Is uh, yeah. some people are asking about Zach Jones and the possibility of him being dealt as part of something bigger. Do you see that as a reality? Obviously, I, I hope not. I thoroughly enjoy Zach Jones, and I know you do too. But is he that kind of uh, quote unquote maybe B level prospect, or you know closer to B than A versus what the star stud prospects have been for the Rangers over the past two years that you would define as doable at the right price should be for something bigger? Yeah, look, th- this team is going to trade away prospects that fans are getting attached to. Let's there, there's no way around it. They have too many prospects to play them all. If you look at the right side, you have Adam Fox, uh, like players under 25, right? Yeah, on the right side, you have Adam Fox, Nils Lundqvist, Braden Schneider, Hunter Skinner. And on the left side, you have Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, Tarmo Reunen, and Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson. There's just too many, too many prospects in the organization, in the farm, for them to all play. So I, I think Zach Jones, for the right move, I think everyone's available on this team, even – I mean – if if Edmonton comes at you and they want Panarin in exchange for McDavid, you do it, right? Yeah. So everyone's available. Everyone on this team is available for the right return. Okay. Um, I don't know if, if Ranger fans would trade Adam Fox for Kale McCarr, but you know that seems seems, seems like a wash. Anyway, um, everyone's available for the right return. I think Zach Jones is more likely to get traded than Niels Lundqvist. Uh, because of the, you know, the the the, the difference in quality, uh, Nils Lundqvist is a guy who can probably step in immediately, and he's going to be one of the better defensemen uh, on the team. Uh, not as good as Adam Fox, but I think he's going to be close. So yeah, Zach Jones is a possibility, but so is Keandre Miller or Matthew Robertson. Uh, what you have to understand is that you know, if you only trade your your worst prospects you're only going to get a worse return. So if you want to go for a guy that really is going to make you better down the middle in the future, let's say Alex Turcott, for instance, you're not going to get Alex Turcott for a guy like Matthew Robertson or Trevor Zegers. Um, but for the right return, I think Zach Jones will be dealt. Yes. Will that, will that offer come? I don't know. Uh, the Rangers are very high on him. They signed him to an entry-level deal. He played in the World Championships, was really good for Team USA. Uh, won a national championship in college. He's only played defense, I think, for the last four or five years. Uh, he played center before he moved to defense uh, four or five yeah. years ago. So it's pretty impressive how good he is defensively. 
uh, and his transition game is 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 really good. I think, yeah, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting to hear. I, I agree with you. I think that, like you said, everyone's kind of on the table. I'm just. I just, I just want to know what the next steps are, but we will know soon enough. And when we do know and when the draft happens and when the expansion happens, we'll be right back here to talk about it, guys. So I hope you guys are looking forward to it. It's going to be – I think this could be an offseason that we haven't seen in numerous years. And, you know, you might be wondering, Tyler, how does that make sense when the Rangers have been unbelievably active the past couple of years when it comes to offseason? Don't get me wrong, they have. But it's a different feel now because this was active to improve the roster, but as part of a rebuild outside of a Artemi Panarin signing. So now it's about adding on to what you currently have for the better and make yourself contenders sooner than later. So with that being said, I think now is a great time for us to take some questions and then we'll get out of here. So, Stephen, as long as that's fine with you, um, I think we'll do that for a couple minutes. Um, we're at we're at right around 44 minutes in the live stream, so maybe we'll go another five or ten minutes or so. If you guys don't know, it is Currently, how late is it where you are right now, Stephen? Um, it is 12 minutes after midnight. Okay, so Stephen has this thing called work, and he has this thing called bedtime. So we're going to be wrapping this up fairly soon. So if you guys want to ask some questions, by all means, go ahead. Outside of that, thank you so much for chiming in, though. I'm really excited to see what Gerard Gallant brings to the table. And it was an awesome live stream. Again, you guys can expect more things like this as long as Stephen and I are available throughout the offseason when uh, fairly uh, middle to big range moves happen for the Rangers and uh, we expect quite a bit. So Yona here with a uh, $2 donation. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate that. Um, who should the New York Rangers realistically go for uh, trade for right now? So that's a great question. Again, thank you for the donation, my friend. I really appreciate that. Um, if I, I'm assuming that you're finished just by your name. And I think Steven can attest to that. It's, it comes off very finished to me. Would I be mm -hmm. accurate in that assumption, Steven? Uh, yeah. From what I quickly saw it, it yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah. okay. 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 Well, I just want to say that. I just like when I notice these things. That's the beauty about being a hockey fan. I'm not a European or anything, but I can kind of pick up those things. So hopefully I'm right here. But yeah. uh, let's start with you, Stephen. What player do you think is realistic for the Rangers? Uh, there's a couple guys that are crossing my mind, but I want to know what you're uh, standing fairly firm with. To trade for or to sign as free agents? Uh, to trade for. Oof. Um. Yeah, as, as much as Jack Eichel is being mentioned, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, herniated disc in your neck. He's not going to play for probably a year if he gets surgery. If he doesn't get surgery, how much does that impact his game? Do teams really want to take want to take a gamble on that? I don't know. Uh, so I don't think the Eichel trade is going to happen. Um, a trade I do see happening, and I don't have an exact name, but – a trade that I could see happening is a guy like Matthew Robertson for a similar prospect, but a center. The Rangers are sorely lacking center prospects in this organization. You have Carl Henriksen and Morgan Barron, and that's about it. Um, but a guy like Rasmus Kupari, who uh, is actually from Finland, was drafted by the LA Kings in, I think, 2018. Yes. Um, he, would be, he would be someone to target. And I think the LA Kings are a really good trade partner for the Rangers. The I LA Kings... The LA Kings could really use some some defensive prospects, and they have a lot of center prospects, which is exactly what the Rangers need. Um, you could go a little higher, you know, uh, in the you know, in the price range in terms of what it will cost, and go for a guy like maybe uh, Gabe Villardi or Alex Turcotte. But I think if you want to go for uh, a a low risk trade that could work out for both teams, a, a Robertson for Kupari trade could work. Um, if they want to go for some experience on the blue line, which wouldn't hurt, 
Um, a team like Nashville with Matthias Ekholm is a team that I could that I could see a trade with. Um, the Nashville Predators don't have enough uh, uh, protection slots to protect Matthias Ekholm if they want to keep their other defensemen. So if you trade uh, a an exempt uh, prospect and a first round pick for Ekholm, that would be perfect. Robertson and first round pick for Matthias Ekholm uh, would solidify our blue line. You would have an experienced guy in Truba on the right. Experienced guy in Ekholm on the left, Ekholm and Lundqvist on the third pairing. I would pay to see it. Ekholm's really appealing. Uh, Ekholm I had as the top 10 defenseman just a couple years ago, and I think he's still one of the most underrated in the game today. I uh, guess overlooked a little bit now that he had. I know he's dealt with some injuries, and also the Predators have just been a really lackadaisical team, just a little to no offensive production. They have their own issues that we know, and yeah, defense has been always hot. Yeah, and, and quickly to uh, to clarify on the expansion draft, right now the Rangers, the three defensemen they have for the protection slots are Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren, and Libor Hayek. So if you would add a guy like Matthias Ekholm, he would be the third protection slot for the Rangers. You would expose Libor Hayek. That sounds like a good trade-off. I think it does too, and I, I, I feel like from the Predators' standpoint, they are a team that's destined to go into a retool. They, you know, mm-hmm. they have all these big contracts and David Poyle, the long tenure GM for like the entirety of the Predators organization, phenomenal mind, but he's thrown out some big contracts that just never looked that great from the beginning. And it's really starting to bite him in the ass part of my French. Uh, so I think moves need to be made for the Predators. And I feel that at the right price, Ekholm would definitely be appealing. And in my personal opinion, there's a couple guys that I have in mind, at least that I would like now whether that comes to fruition is a different story but you'd have to look at guys that you know that would help bring depth to this club and you know when i'm thinking of from a more offensive side things if we want to talk center depth you know here's a guy for you and i know that he's still in the playoffs right now and maybe that changes things of course but philip Deneau, and i talked about him last offseason and what he would bring to the rangers and why he would be a very appealing pick and He's a guy that if he is available, I think he's very much uh, an interesting pick. I know that this is his last season, if I'm not mistaken, days in RFA. Um, so there is incentive with a guy like Philip Deneau. Uh, how you would construct things afterwards after acquiring him, though, it's a little interesting just because, you know, is is Philip Deneau deserving of being ahead of Ryan Strom on the second line? No, I don't think he is. Is he ahead of Philip Hedl, per se? Not necessarily. Could you move Hedl on the left wing? You could, but Deneau would bring stability uh, with faceoffs wise. He's really, really, really strong two way centerman, one of the most underrated in the game. I know that he had a very uh, slow start to the year with the Habs this past season, but Deneau stands out a lot to me. Uh, outside of Ekholm, however, there are a couple other um, ideal picks. I'd have to do more homework to be quite honest with you to what I think would be best for the Rangers. And um, if there's one guy that I think could be interesting, depending on what the Capitals do, because You'd have to think what the Caps move going forward is. Are they more in a retool phase uh, with them falling short this year? And I'm curious what the availability of Evgeny Kuznetsov is, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'm not saying he's completely ideal. I'm just curious what he would be, especially from a Rangers side of things, trying to make a deal happen within the presumed uh, Metro division like that. So just a couple guys that crossed my mind and – with saying that, I think we'll take like two more questions, then we'll get out of here, guys, just because given time currently. Um, there's uh, one question that I definitely want you to answer, uh, Stephen. Um, so 
who are two current Rangers you'd, uh, you'd say are least likely to be here opening night? Now, for me, I think we're probably in somewhat agreement. Colin Blackwell looks like he's on his way out. We're talking expansion right now. And I think Brendan Smith is another. Um, I think as much as Brendan brings a lot to this Rangers team, uh, you know, veteran-wise and a great locker room personality, I do think Smith has played his last game as a New York Ranger. I'm not going to go as stereotypical as a guy like Anthony Potato because – you know, I, I don't know what the future holds for Botetto. I, I don't think it's going to be with the Rangers. I know I'm almost certain he's just on a one-year deal. So he was kind of too of an easy pick. So I think Brendan Smith is a guy that might be slightly more controversial, yet it still holds true. What's your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with one uh, that might surprise some people, but I think Georgiev. I, uh, I don't think that's really that surprising. I think that's actually makes um, so much sense, but go ahead. You know, the Rangers have Kincaid under contract for one more year. Uh, Tyler Walls looking really good, look, looking to develop quite nicely. If you have Kincaid as a backup for one year behind Chess Jorkin, and if you can get a good return for Georgiev, if you can get like a good young prospect or maybe maybe a really good pick, then I think I think Drury will uh, will go for it. Um, and the other, yeah, but there, there are like Brandon Smith is an obvious one because he's UFA. Um, D'Angelo is not going to be on the team because I think he's getting bought out. Um, I think Libor Hayek and Brett Howden might not be on this team much longer. Um, How I funny think, would it be if they were part of a bigger trade? Hey, it depends on where David Quinn signs as a coach, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, given the fact that if you guys probably remember by now, Libor Hayek and Brett Howden were the coveted prospects along with Vladislav Nemestikov and a pick or two in the whole Ryan McDonough and J.T. Miller ordeal all those years ago. Yeah, the two picks, by the way, became Niels Lundqvist and Carl Henriksen. So, so good. Solid picks. Uh, we were feeling Swedish when we got them. Yep. All right. Um, how many more questions do we have? Um, we'll just we'll just take like one more, I think, for the sake of trying to get out of here. But I want to thank also um, NP here for the $5 donation. He says, we're winning a cup with Gallant. Presumably, we got four years. So four years, I think that's a fair window. I don't think mm -hmm. it's happening any sooner than the fourth year, though. So uh, if we if it happens any sooner, then God bless. Uh, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Trust me. But uh, we'll take one more question, guys. I'm just going through. Please don't be offended if I don't pick your question. It's nothing personal. I'm just going through the comments right now. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, so here's a good question. I think it's perfect to cap off with you, um, just for obvious reasons. Um, let's see here. I had it and then I lost it. So give me one second to find it and then we'll be good to go. Uh, people are talking about Anthony Sorelli, just like last off season. I love Sorelli. I just don't know how ideal he is. Um, uh, but here's the last comment that I want to highlight. Do, do you think Niels Lundqvist will be a Calder candidate for next season? Now to finish things off with Steven's good friend and Niels, Steven, I'm going to let you run away with this one and then I'll share my brief thoughts on the matter. Um, Tough. It's a tough one, actually. I think he's talented enough to be one. Um, it depends on what who the other rookies are. Um, Cole Caulfield's probably going to be up there in terms of you know be, being a candidate. And it depends on uh, the role that Neil Slunquist gets to play on the Rangers. Of course, he's going to be behind Adam Fox and he's going to be behind Jacob Truba. But if the minutes are relatively even for the guys on the right side. And if Niels Lundqvist can get some power play time, yeah, I think he could be. I, I think he and Moritz Sider are the two best defensive prospects in the world right now. And I don't think they are that far apart either. I think the only difference between the two and the reason a lot of people like Moritz Sider over Niels Lundqvist 
is simply their size. Uh, yeah. Moritz Sider is six six four. Lundqvist is five eleven. He's a damn good prospect. Too. He's but he's so I, much I, fun to watch. But I've said to you before on a different recording, Nils Lundqvist may maybe five eleven, but I I I don't understand how as a hockey community we somehow decided that the arbitrary cutoff is is six foot. If a player is under six foot, for some reason he's too small to play hockey. Uh, I never really understood that, especially from a fan base that saw their team go to a cup final with Zuccarello and St. Louis on it. But um, Lundqvist doesn't play like he's 5'11". He plays like he's 6'2", 6'3". He plays like he's 27 years old. And I said this to you before. What what stands out the most about his game is how mature he is. He was an alternate captain for Team Sweden, the men's national team at the World Championships and at the Euro Hockey Tour. Um and his teammates listen to him in Sweden. He is he is when he's on the bench, he's directing traffic, he's he's telling his players where to go. He reads the game so well. And his teammates, these are like like 28, 29-year-old veteran players. They listen to this kid. This kid's only 20 years old. So I think he has a great future ahead of him. Uh the usage will determine whether or not he's a caller candidate. But I think he has the talent to uh to be one. Is he gonna win it? I don't know. Like I said, that depends on who the other prospects are. Uh-oh, what's, what's happening by you? I don't know. It's uh, it's nothing here. No, no. Okay. <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. Um, okay. You're going to um, have maybe maybe Quinton Byfield in the NHL as a rookie who will be eligible. A call call field I already mentioned. There are going to be some others. Um, from the 2019 draft, there are going to be some like Alex Turk. Did Alex Turka play too many games to be eligible next season? I don't think so. I but don't think so. Granted, I was not following the Canes game by game this year, but I don't recall seeing much of Turcotte. Um, and and who knows? Spencer Knight in Florida. It all depends on what happens with Bobrovsky there. Yeah, Spencer Knight's kind of really good, and yeah. Bobrovsky looks like he's closer and closer on his way out. I don't yeah. know how. Will they have to eat that contract? Maybe, but man, I don't know. When you got two goaltenders arguably better than Bob right now and Drieger. I think, and, I think Seattle's yeah. going to come into play there. Ooh. That that would be interesting. Ask, ask Bobrovsky to waive, give Seattle a prospect and a pick to take on that big contract. It gives Seattle a really good starting goalie for the upcoming five, six years, the first five, six years as a franchise. The same thing Vegas did with Flurry. I mean, it's not it's not crazy. Yeah, and I, I think to kind of uh, share my thoughts, and then we're going to wrap up the stream here, folks, um, if you're watching live, is Niels Lundqvist. My biggest concern with him being a candidate or not, as Stephen alluded to, is the obvious one. It's, it's um, you know, his availability, his usage. How is Gerard Gallant, a guy that we've never seen with the Rangers, of course, and a new prospect, and uh, Lundqvist coming with the team, how are they going to gel well? I have no clue. And, you know, you have to realize that the Rangers already have plenty of puck-moving defensemen, but Niels opens up in that spot on the right side where Tony D was quite smoothly. So now you're going to have Tony uh, guys like Trouba that are going to be hanging back even more than what they already are. I think it's prime time to give a guy like Niels as long as he deserves it coming into camp and everything. Give him power play time, whether that's, you know, on the second power play and you actually use the second power play. That's something I'm looking forward to talking with you. More than 15 seconds, please. Yes. I know more than 15 seconds. Look, if they can get maybe 30 seconds, to be quite honest, 30 to 45 on the second, that could be a game changer. Sorry, sorry. Or I'm going to cut you off here. Or maybe once in a while you start the second unit on the power play. God forbid. 
you can't say these things in vain here, Stephen. It's not allowed. <laughs> they did that in Montreal, and it worked out great for them. <laughs> no, you're right. And it's it's important to make sure that you're balancing what you have, especially yeah. when the Rangers have some absolute studs, but it's not you know everyone in the lineup. So balance things. Give Neil's playing time he deserves. Um, him if he gets a decent amount of power play time is getting good five on five time and this is the one other thing that I'm hoping that I see from Gerard Gallant the most and I don't have the homework in front of me so I can't tell you what his average was during his time in Florida and Vegas but if Gallant comes in and tries to balance these damn lines to the point where a fourth line is actually usable and your third pair defensive line is actually doable if you can do these two things it reminds me a lot of and I'll never forget this Elaine Vigneault's first year with the club will always stand out to me I'm not a Lane Vigneault fan by the slightest, but he started off really well with the Rangers and their cup uh, and their cup run. Pardon me, in 2014, uh, the one thing that stood out to me the most about a guy like Lane Vigneault is he balanced the lines big time. I felt like every single time post game, I'm seeing every guy has right around you know 15 minutes or so. It was pretty balanced, and then pushing 20, or of course the veterans, the top dogs on the club like the Rick Nashes, etc. But my point was, it was really refreshing to see the guys thrive when they're pretty balanced. I want Filipito to get really close to, if not the same amount of ice time as Ryan Strom. And I'm sorry if that's a selfishness on my point. I know that he needs to deserve it, but that's important for a player's development and their success. And I need, I think Niels Lundqvist should be running that category. So if he gets balanced ice time and some power play time, you know, it sky's the limit for him and what he'll do with this Rangers club. And he very well can su surprise some people. I think Cole Caulfield is going to be the biggest guy to beat. That guy is just amazing. I loved him from the day he got drafted. I, I was upset when the Rangers passed on him, um, even though that wasn't really like they had much of an opportunity, no less. I just know that Cole Caulfield is going to be a damn good uh, goal scorer in the league. Given his size, it's not going to matter. Um, so he, in my mind, is the biggest competition for Niels, assuming that all things go right. Yeah, and Caulfield's the only player I ever met at a draft that was shorter than I am. So it's uh, it's interesting to see how he's going to do. But the 2014 postseason was very interesting. You know, that top pairing, of course, McDonough, Girardi. The second pair, I think, was Stahl, uh, Strahlman. And then on the third pair, we had um, Kevin Klein and John Moore, I think. That's 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 a good oh, defense. Kevin Klein. Oh, I love me some Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. Pre Pre-injury. <laughs> My, my fiance is is a huge Michael Delzato fan. I'm uh, aware, and, and it slight it slightly disturbs me, and you can tell her. <laughs> yeah, between between Michael Delzato and Mika Zibanejad, I might I might have to uh, change my initials to M MZ for her to be interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, have, having Kevin Klein on the on the third pair on defense, that was just that was such a great move. It solidified our defense that year. We went to the final. And if the Rangers can have, like I said before, if we can go for a guy like Ekholm and we can pair him with Lundqvist on the third pair, that's an amazing third pair to have. You would have a guy like Zach Jones in Hartford. You would have Robertson, Schneider in Hartford. That defense in Hartford all of a sudden looks really good as well. You have Hunter Skinner, who really uh, surprised me this season with how he performed. Um, if we can get a veteran left-handed defenseman, uh, great. If we cannot get him in a trade then maybe we should just – Ranger fans are going to hate this. Maybe we should just sign Alec Martinez. And maybe he can score a cup-winning goal for us in a few years. I don't want him to. I don't want him to. Even if he did, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as happy about it. You can't just erase all of those pains just like that. It, you no, know what? Maybe, just, maybe I'm speaking out of my ass. 
Uh, it's I a different story when you're on the winning side. We're ending it on Alec Martinez. <laughs> of course. What what else is there to do? But with that being said, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. It was a Rangers review. It was just a breaking news Rangers review. So we will probably have this up via podcast. Not that it will matter to most of you. But in case you guys only chime in for a small bit, whether you're watching this live or on play-by-play after the fact, it will be available on wherever you find your podcast sometime tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Really appreciate all you guys chiming in. This was an awesome live stream. We plan on doing these more throughout the summer when more uh, significant news happens with our beloved New York Rangers. But outside of that, I hope you all have a great rest of your night. And Steven, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.